and I made some marketing videos and the one that I did where I came up with this idea of like to pretend that the story of the book is actually my real life and then showing the book at the end. So The Perfect Marriage is about a top criminal defense attorney that defends her husband when he's accused of murdering his mistress. And it went like it got like five million views. It shot the book up to number three on the Amazon bookstore. Um, it made it uh, Amazon charts bestseller, Apple Books bestseller, Publishers Weekly bestseller. And but because some people didn't watch the full 33 second video, I can literally look at the average watch time, which was 31 seconds. Some people <laughs> thought the book was my real life. That was Geneva Rose. I follow Geneva on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And she recently went viral, as you will hear in this podcast episode, about one of her books in that kind of snowballed into that book becoming a bestseller. And then a conversation she had with somebody on Instagram led her to getting a TV and film deal. I love this interview with Geneva because she is just like so many of us who want to write a book. Maybe you're writing one on the side right now. Maybe you have a full-time job and you have an agent or you're looking for an agent. Well, she breaks down everything she did from start to finish, from working full-time for five years while writing books and then finally leaving her job a year ago. And today's actually a big day for Geneva. Today is the day that her latest suspense novel, One of Us is Dead, is released. If you were a fan of The Perfect Marriage, you're probably going to be a fan of this one. She is focusing on all thrillers moving forward. I recently finished The Girl I Was. Not a thriller, but still a very cute book. Thrillers, they are my favorite, just like they are a favorite of hers. So I'm excited to get One of Us is Dead. That one is out today. So if you want a little insight, a little behind the scenes of her writing process, how she became a full-time author, and then how she uses social media to do all of the things, then I think you're going to like this episode with Geneva Rose. Ever wonder how some people seem to get all the media coverage, but you don't? Go behind the scenes with a TV reporter, national on-air host, a news contributor who has interviewed celebrities, took you inside the Versace mansion, and even stood on a chair to interview basketball legend Alonzo Mourning. Get ready, because Become a Media Maven is the podcast where Christina Nicholson is sharing secrets from her years in front of the camera, in the editing booth, and now behind the podcast mic. Geneva, welcome to the Become a Media Maven podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat with you. We connected on social media. I think I started following you. No, actually, you know what? I followed you before I read The Perfect Marriage. And I think maybe I heard about the perfect marriage because it kind of blew up on social and you credit social to making that a bestseller, right? That's correct. Yes. And people thought that your husband was a murderer in real life. Yes. In June (laughs) of 2021. (laughs) Okay. So talk about that because that's ridiculous. I started like, I've always, I've worked in social media for a decade. Um, and this book, The Perfect Marriage, published with a very, very small publisher out of the UK. So I knew it was going to be on me to market this book. And I started, I did really well on Instagram. The bookstagram community there is fantastic. And then I was, you know, I started dabbling with TikTok before everyone was really on TikTok. 
And I made some marketing videos. And the one that I did where I came up with this idea of like to pretend that the story of the book is actually my real life. And then showing the book at the end. So The Perfect Marriage is about a top criminal defense attorney that defends her husband when he's accused of murdering his mistress. And it went like it got like five million views. It shot the book up to number three on the Amazon bookstore. Um, it made it uh, Amazon charts bestseller, Apple Books bestseller, Publishers Weekly bestseller. And but because some people didn't watch the full 33 second video, I can literally look at the average watch time, which was 31 seconds. Some people <laughs> thought the book was my real life. And I realized that when I started getting comments on my other videos that had my husband in them and they were like, is he out on bail? And I was like, oh, I think this is my life. But that is hilarious. OK, so you worked in social media. So tell me what you did before. I worked at Kimberly Clark as a senior global social media manager. So they do like Kleenex, Huggies, you buy Kotex. And I did that for five years, um, working with all the different brands and then working across like continents globally with because they're everywhere. And you just left that job full time a year ago, but you've been writing for a while. Yes, I actually started writing, like seriously trying to write a book when I started that job. And it was just like, I wanted something. It was the first time that I didn't have something outside of my job. Like usually I was always doing freelance writing or stuff like that. And I didn't have any freelance work. And I was just like, you know what? I've always wanted to write a book. Um, it's on my bucket list. I'm going to write a book so I can cross it off. And I ended up falling in love with the process and just kept writing. So in those five years before I quit that job, I had written six books. Okay. Two questions. One, where are those books now? And two, tell me about the process. Uh, well, those books are, I think all of the books are published um, with One of Us is Dead. Well, One of Us is Dead is publishing April 26th. And then the other book I wrote is publishing next year. So they're all published. Um, and my process, so the process that I fell in love with was more so of like, you know, I create these character sketches and then I create the setting sketches. And then because I'm like just so in tune with marketing as it is, I won't start writing a book until I can summarize it in a sentence and write that back marketing copy because I think it just makes the process a lot easier. Um, I do a little bit of an outline. I don't typically outline the entire book. And yeah, I just start writing. It was, I loved having something tangible that I could show for, you know, my efforts rather than at a job. It's just like, oh, I worked eight hours today. <laughs> it seems like such, because I've never written a book, but I'm a big reader. And it seems like such a long, complicated process to write a book, especially a book like The Perfect Marriage, where there are some twists and you learn things and you're like, oh, wait, let me go back and read this part again type of thing. Like, it just seems like it's so much because you mentioned the outlining and this and that, like, does it become overwhelming? I actually think that's the reason why I waited so long to start writing books was because it just seemed so daunting. And I was like, how am I ever going to write, you know, 300 plus pages? Um, but when I started thinking of it as, you know, let's think of it as each chapter or each page or each paragraph and just kind of breaking it down. Um, then it didn't seem so overwhelming. So you don't really focus on completing it. You kind of just focus on the journey as you're going along with the characters. Okay. So the first book of yours that I read was The Perfect Marriage. I just finished this month. Um, oh, I see the picture. The, the one about the girl in um, 
college. The, the girl, girl I was. Yes. Thank you. I was picturing the cover. Okay. Two very different books. Mm -hmm. So where do you, one has murder, one does not. <laughs> so where do you get the ideas for these books? Um, with The Girl I Was, that was actually the first novel I wrote. Um, and it was just, I had an idea for, you know, time travel, going back in time, thinking you have a second chance to do your life over, but your younger version of yourself is there. And it's not a person or a version that you're proud of. So I thought it would be really fun to toy it. And that's how I came up with that idea. Um, and then when I started writing thrillers, which is, that'll be where I'm going now. It's just okay. all a long time. Um, it was because that's what I like to read. That's my favorite genre. So I wrote what I liked to read. I love a lot of twists. I love chapters that, you know, just one more page because it ends on just, oh, I need to know what happens next. I like short chapters. I like multiple points of view. Um, so I kind of just wrote what I liked to read. Same, same. Maybe that's why I like The Perfect Marriage so much. Um, and do you ever get, like with the multiple points of view, like as a reader, sometimes I'm like, okay, wait, I need to stop and I need to rethink this. Like right now I'm reading an Alice Feeney and in her books, it's always like, okay, wait, and now I need to think, like there's so much to think about. Like I get confused. As an author, do you ever get confused in, you know, like maybe you've taken a week off, like, okay, where am I picking back up? Whose point of view? What's happened? What secrets have I, you know, given readers hints to? Do you ever get like, kind of like, oh crap, where am I? Um, I think what really helps is keeping those character sketches. So you like, and for that, what I do is like, what do they look like? What's their personality like? How are they connected to other people? What's their background? And it's something easily to refer to. Um, actually, One of Us is Dead, which comes out April 26, has five points of view. And I spent a lot of time finessing it and ensuring that readers would not, I did not want to have readers to have to flip back to the start of the chapter to see whose point of view it is. And luckily, all of the early reviews have been pretty much like 99% glowing. And a lot of people compliment the fact that I was able to write very distinct points of view where they were not confused. And that was like a worry of mine because I have read books that were, you know, four plus points of view and I get confused. And I'm like, who's speaking here? So I did a lot to ensure, you know, making sure that they all bring a different, they, they describe the world differently. They have, even though they're all from the same town, they just think of everything differently. And I gave them quirks too. So you would, it kind of picks up, maybe it's a language quirk or how they speak, or maybe they, I have one who's kind of the mean girl and she makes up like her own words, like kinsalt, which is like a kind insult, kind of like a backhand. <laughs> or klexi, which she thinks is the perfect combination of classy and sexy. So her, she's always making up her own language because she just thinks very highly of herself. So creative. So are you just a creative person in general? Uh, yeah, I think my mind always goes there. So like... One of Us is Dead, it centers around a salon. And I literally thought of that idea when I was sitting in a salon chair and I had said something personal to my hairstylist. And she was like, oh yeah, you told me that. And you also told me this. And I was like, wait, I told you that? And she was like, yeah, you wouldn't believe what people say while they're sitting in this chair. And that was just like a light bulb moment. I was like, I'd never read a book, like a thriller that was placed in a salon. And it just feels like such a natural environment for things to just go. Hey, liar. I love it. I can't wait to read that one. Okay, let's talk about your author journey because you just quit your full-time job last year. You've been writing for five years. 
And you mentioned The Perfect Marriage. It was a small publishing company. Then things took off on TikTok. Like the whole process seems overwhelming to me because I feel like there's so many ways to go about writing books and getting them published and then the promotional aspect. So tell me, I mean, I know it's a loaded question, but like in a nutshell, short version from when you started writing to publishing to quitting your job, like what things did you do right? What things did you do wrong and learn from? Um, I definitely quit. So I queried that woman's fiction novel, um, definitely queried it too early. It was not ready. I had a lot to learn. Um, that's why I ended up rewriting it like a couple of years ago. Um, and I think with the perfect marriage, when I signed with an agent, I don't think I did my research well enough. Um, it wasn't a good agent, you know, writer relationship. Uh, so I think those were two mistakes. Um, but I think what really worked was, you know, taking that leap and doing social media and taking control of the marketing. Uh, I think a lot of authors don't want to market. It is, you're already writing the book, you're having to edit the book, and then you got to market the book too. So it's a lot of work. Um, but I think that's ultimately what led me to where I am now. Um, and another thing that I think worked really well for me was I always make it a point to try to comment back to anyone that has anything nice to say or they send me a message. I used to be a lot better at it than I am now because there's just a lot more messages. But like that, um, having like a conversation and communicating with readers is actually what led to the film and television deal, too, because there was a producer, um, you know, she commented on my Instagram how much she loved my book. And I ended up just like thanking her and it led to us having a conversation where she asked about the film and television rights. And that's what ultimately ended up our land or ended up having that deal happen because no one was pitching it um, because I retained the film rights. So just being very um, communicative with readers is kind of what led me there. And unfortunately, like that's rare because like I said, I'm always reading, I'm always reading on social, I'm always tagging authors and very rarely do any of them acknowledge it. So like whenever somebody acknowledges it, I'm like, thank you. Like it's, it's crazy how rare it is, but it's so good that you do that. Okay. So now tell me about the TV and film deal. Like when did this happen? Um, that actually happened before it blew up on TikTok. It was like in November. Um, it was really random how it happened. I was like standing in line at the post office and her and I were like DMing and like just chatting. And I got an email from my publisher saying a film and television company was interested in optioning the rights. And while I was standing in line, I randomly like said to her, I was like, oh, well, maybe you'll be able to see it on the big screen because a film and television company is interested in the rights. And I had no idea who she was. It's not like it was in her bio or something. Um, and she was like, wait, the film and television rights haven't been optioned. And I was like, no, um, I retained those and I don't know how to sell those. And she was just like, hold tight don't do anything I'm bringing coverage to my team and I was like okay cool I didn't know what that meant at all but I was like all right and what does that mean what oh bringing coverage is like we're basically I had to ask someone else um but it's where they kind of do like a whole summary and pitch it to a team of like why they would want to you know turn this into a film or tv series um it's kind of just like another way of pitching but it's to film instead of um, the publishing industry um and it was like a couple of weeks later that she came back and she was like, um, everyone here loves it. We want to get you on a call with the vice president of development. We're making an offer for film and television. And I was like, oh my gosh, well, I don't have a film agent or anything. And it was funny because I took the call with the, the vice president of development 
And, you know, she, they were very enthusiastic and they were like, we'll have our team get in touch with your team. And I was like, funny thing about that. It's just me. I'm the only part. <laughs> of so I ended up having to scramble and get a film agent, which there's no like, there's no guideline on how to get that. I just happened to have a friend who had a film agent because it came with the big, her big book deal. And she introduced me. And because I had the offer, the film agent ended up, you know, negotiating it and taking care of it for me. And she um, ended up introducing me to my now literary agent. So it kind of was like very backwards. Typically it's like literary agent, film deal, maybe film TV deal. And Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So like when you write a book, do you automatically just have the film rights yourself and you have to sell those? I couldn't imagine that somebody would just be able to make a movie off of your book. I So a lot of times publishers want the film or television rights and it's just like where they Negotiate it. Um, when wow. I signed that book deal, I actually retained it and I said I didn't want them to have it. And they were fine with that because they had never sold film or television rights before. So to them, it wasn't valuable. Um, thankfully, I did because it ended up being valuable. Um, yeah. And now I, my film agent, or she represents my books now. So that's kind of where it's not like she has the rights, I have the rights, but if she sells it, she gets, you know, her 10%. Got it. So talk to me about finding a literary agent, because you said there the first one wasn't the best, and then you kind of went backwards, and now you're happy with the one you have. So what do you suggest for people? Because another thing, because I've had a couple of authors on the podcast, and something that I've said before is, with nonfiction, when you query to either get published or find an agent, you just have to have the idea. You don't have to have the whole thing written. But with fiction, you have to spend a lot of time writing this whole thing not knowing what's going to happen. So like you have to really enjoy what you're doing because you're spending a lot of time on a book. But then when it comes to finding the literary agent, um, what what should people look for? What should they look out for? Uh, yeah, getting a literary agent is very difficult. I think they say like less than 1% of aspiring authors sign with a literary agent. Um, yeah, it's very difficult, especially I think in fiction, because you do have to have a finished product. Um, and I think that's one thing that really motivated me in the beginning was to keep pumping out books because every book was like another opportunity to get an agent. Um, and I would say like the do your research. There's publishersmarketplace.com. Um, it's like $25 a month. It's very well worth it just to do all your initial research to ensure you're signing with someone that has connections because you can see what deals they've made or if they've made any deals. Um, definitely talk, ask to talk to other writers that they represent so you can ask them about their experience. Um, and then I would say, make sure like you guys have the same communication and working style um, in terms of, you know, if you want to have phone calls, if you want to have tech or just do text messages or emails. Um, I think that's really important. And I always made sure too, I didn't want to sign with an agent that had a massive client list because I didn't want to be lost in there either. I wanted to make sure that they had the time to dedicate to my career. So I would say those are the biggest things, um, but definitely like do your research. And it's better to have no agent at all than a bad agent. Um, and I, I've, it's, it's actually very common. I didn't realize that it was because I remember when I decided to part ways, I was like devastated. because I was like, I got to start all over again. It took me over a year to get my first agent. And, but I've noticed I have a lot of author friends who do switch agents mid-career and it just happens. And working full-time and writing these books and pitching agents and publishers and all of this, how 
do you manage the time if you are working full time when doing this? Like what advice would you offer people? Um, it takes a lot of sacrifice. I actually think I was way more productive in terms of writing and everything when I wor was working full time than now that it's my full time job. And it's because I don't know, I think I got really burned out to doing that for five years of working full time and writing six novels in that time as well. Um, but I would say I just I, it was a lot of sacrifice and your time is so much more precious when you have less of it. So before I would sit down, and I'd be like, I only have Saturday. That's it. I just have Saturday. Otherwise, and nights and basically nights and weekends. And if I want to be able to go hang out with my friends or do something fun, I need to get this done. So it was like you sit down, you write immediately. Now I'm like, well, I have all day. I'm, you know, I have every day. <laughs> so I'm actually like, oh, it's kind of a double-edged sword there. No, that makes sense. And what made you um, quit your job, quit your full-time job? Cause it's been a year. You've been doing this for a while. Mm -hmm. um, it was, it was getting to be way too much. Cause I had the film and television deal. Um, the perfect marriage blew up. I was going viral on TikTok a ton, just trying to keep up with all of that. And people then, thinking you're married to a murderer. <laughs> they wanted to see what the murderer looks like. <laughs> there. Um, I was earning more money than my full-time job was. And I kept thinking like about my time, like I'm selling books. I had sold one of us is dead. Um, and I was like, okay, well, is my time more valuable working this job that I don't see a future for myself there? And I knew I would eventually be leaving or is it more valuable like me writing and getting these projects done? And I also had like the book series that I wrote. Um, so I had that due. So I had to write another book while editing a book and promoting two books. And I was just like, I can't do this. And now with all the PR stuff I have to do for one of us is dead. Um, I was like, I don't know how anyone could do this with a full-time job because I like from the time I woke up this morning, I had to do like eight different PR things and I have the book tour next month and I'm writing my next book. So it's a lot. So what does the PR look like? Just as somebody who owns a PR agency, I'm interested. Um, a lot of Q&As, a lot of interviews and podcasts, uh, a lot of writing articles for different publications, which I have found that to be my least favorite thing because now it just feels like a homework assignment. <laughs> and I'm like, I'd rather just write the book than have to write an article now. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, it's a lot of that. Um, yeah, they just keep coming down the pipeline every, like today my publicist sent me like four different new things I need to do. Um, that are due within the next like two weeks. And I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I was finally getting caught up. Yeah, it's like, it's it's a it's a good thing that you have, like it's a good problem to have. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's a better lot. having publicity to do than having nothing at all. So yeah, <laughs> that's true. I had no publicity or anything. It wasn't until it blew up that it did. Um, so I had none of that. It was all on my own, trying to network and send out review copies and book my own interviews and whatnot so yeah different beast what do you like to read or do you read are you too busy writing <laughs> oh no I read a lot um I think reading has made me a better writer I also always encourage aspiring authors to read and read widely um but my favorite I I love reading thrillers and then I like to break it up with like a romance or a rom-com yes things when it's like too much disturbing murder I need something late <laughs> yeah okay Give me a Colleen Hoover book or a Sophie Kinsella oh, book. <laughs> so good. Colleen Hoover. I, I've been binging her too. So what thriller writers do you like? Um, I love Karen Slaughter. I love Peter Swanson, uh, Samantha Downing, Liv Constantine. Um, and now I'm blanking on. <laughs> Those are no, probably some of 
<laughs> That's good. Awesome. Well, is there anything else you want to add that I should have asked? I don't know. No, that was awesome. And I'm super excited. This podcast is coming out on the day that one of us is dead is published. I love the title and I love the cover. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm excited to read that one. And we will link to where people can get that in the show notes. We'll also link to your Twitter, your Instagram, and your TikTok so people can see your killer husband. Just kidding. He's not a killer. <laughs> he's actually really funny. He is very funny. Uh, yes, he's he's a little star on there. It's funny because I'm, I'm like, he has no social media. And I'm like, and he has like a fan base on TikTok with no social media. That's my husband's the same. He's like anti-social media, but he does not want to be on mine. Like he is like very private, very shy, doesn't want to be on social, has nothing, doesn't even know what a hashtag is, bless his heart. But your husband, he's a who? He's a good team player on your social. He is. His dream is to be a stay-at-home husband. So he's like, I'll do anything I have to <laughs> to sell your books. That is so funny. My my husband became a stay-at-home husband. We have three kids though, so we call him a stay-at-home dad. So he's 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 been doing that since since the pandemic. I said, honey, I cannot care for these kids and work at the same time. I'm gonna go crazy. You need to come here and do this. So yeah, so I think that's why mine has to play along on Instagram too. Like whatever you want to do, we'll do it. Exactly. That's how it's going to be. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, thank you so much, Geneva. It was awesome talking to you. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was great. As you know, you can find everything we discussed in the show notes. I link to Publishers Marketplace and Geneva's books on Amazon, where you can order them in hardcover, paperback if they're available, Kindle all of the things and all of the places. So make sure you check out the show notes for this episode. And if you haven't yet, make sure you tap that subscribe button. I am bringing you great episodes every two weeks. Some you'll just get me, my lovely voice, and then others you will hear from amazing people like Geneva, a best-selling author. So thank you so much for listening. And if you haven't yet, please make sure you visit 16places.com because at 16places.com, I am giving you 16 places to pitch to be a contributor. You're going to get 16 different pitch ideas. You're going to get the unique guidelines that you need to follow when you pitch and the contact information. So I have already done all of the work for you. I'm going to save you time. All you need to do is go to 16places.com. You can increase your traffic, your reach, and your revenue for free. Just download that free PDF. You can boost your authority and skyrocket your credibility. And as you heard from Geneva, she's even contributing to places. It's part of her publicity campaign to promote her books. So hey, listen, people, this stuff works. If you want the shortcut, go to 16places.com. I've created this PDF for you, total shortcut, and I hope to see you at 16places.com. And I hope you hear me in another couple of weeks here on Become a Media Maven. Thank you for listening.